Hey Camp Kids! Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to share some exciting news with you. Our website is now live and I invite you to go check it out in the show notes. Here I've posted the mission of the podcast, a little bio about me, your host, and how you can donate to the project. All donations will receive a shout out on the podcast, accompanied with a personalized thank you note and an announcement of what supplies were purchased with your donation. No donation is too small. And right now I've got a big project going to try and get some supplies that will help the clarity of this podcast. So if that's something that you're interested in, please visit the website in the show notes with details on how you can donate to the project. I've already received an incredible amount of interest in this podcast already, and this project is ready to move on to the next steps by keep bringing this camp community together. Once again, thank you guys so, so much for listening and your support of the podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Are you listening on your phone? Okay, good deal. Go ahead and do me a favor. Hop on social media and follow the Camp Kids podcast, especially on Instagram. I am wanting to continue to build this community and to start sharing ideas and even some sneak peeks. Do you want to contribute to the show without having to sit down and interview? This is definitely for you. I'll be posting polls and questions for listeners to be able to share what they would like to hear on this podcast. So, Please go and like us and follow us and share it out to all your friends. Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Today, we are meeting Larry, who shares her experiences working at several different types of camps with different organizations. Larry makes the trek from Pakistan to the United States every summer to have camp experiences. She also shares why this is so important to her. Larry shares lots of funny camp stories and where she plans on working for this upcoming summer. So without further ado, let's meet Larry. Larry! Hi! Oh, I guess it works. (laughs) It does. I can hear you so clearly. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I have heard so much about you from Turtle and also the fact that we both have he names at camp. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we already have a connection. Like you got Larry on Joe Bob. This is great. (laughs) Yes. I've heard, oh, I want to say soliloquy about you. Turtle, Dumbo, the Mango song, Nemo, everyone (laughs) speaks so highly of you. Oh, thank you. I've heard so much great things about you too. Let's go ahead and just dive in. Just tell me a little bit about who you are and where you're speaking from today. I'm Larry. Wow, that's amazing. I was living in New York. I was living in the city and he was living in Buffalo. He was getting his master's and he was on the same scholarship as one of my friends that lived in the same building as me. And they had Christmas. It was like, I didn't go home. So I hosted a Christmas for anyone else who couldn't go home. A little Misfits Christmas. I made a lasagna. The lasagna is a legend in and of itself. And then my now husband came to that. And actually, we knew each other for a few years. Um, and then he left and he came back. His visa was out. His sister got married and he got a, a good, solid job. And 
I am not someone who can work full time and go to school. So I'm here because there's less distractions. It just kind of works out. Wow, that's awesome. Let's dive into your background in camp. Tell me about your experience. Did you go to camp as a camper by chance? Kind of. Like I didn't have a home camp that I went to all the time. And I didn't have a relationship with camp that I think a lot of my campers have. But I did go to camp. It was like my best friend was going to camp for a week, so I went with her. And then two summers later, my brother went to camp in Phoenix, so I went with him. Kind of a deal. I actually wasn't really big on camp as a camper. It was more of a a social thing for me. What kind of camps did you go to growing up and with what organizations? First time I remember going to camp was a church camp that was actually, they rented out the YMCA campgrounds in Boone, which is right next to Camp Sack. I went to, I couldn't even tell you what camp I went to with my brother in Arizona, but it was outside of the city. And I remember I grew up in Iowa but this camp was in Arizona and a lot of people speak Spanish and my counselor kept calling me Mija which I now know means like sweetheart or like little girl it's an endearment term but I remember going home to my mom and being like she thought my name was Mija I was so upset. <laughs> that's really all I remember about that camp and then I ended up going to a church camp at the, it's called the Christian Conference Center in Newton and that camp um, I ended up being a camper at the ones for older kids and then also starting my JC years with the younger kids. I had third through fifth graders for all of my JC years and then my first year as a full counselor. So that was kind of the catalyst into me working at camps. That's awesome. Well, let's continue hearing about your experience as a staff member. Have you done all of your time at Camp Sacagawea or have you worked at other camps as well? So the first camp I worked at was the Christian Conference Center. I had through through fifth graders for a few years. I did my JC years there and then my first year as a full-time counselor. And actually, one of my co-counselors was my best friend ever from high school is Abe's little sister. So that was kind of fun. <gasps> That's awesome. Um, I got a job at SAC actually before I even knew that their family had any connection. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I got this job at this camp, Sacagawea. And they were like, oh, my God, shut up. Are you serious? So, <laughs> that was That's fun. Awesome. After that, I did work at Camp SAC was my next camp. And then COVID hit. And then I was kind of in a weird place. And I was living on the East Coast. And I thought maybe I should try something different. And I wanted to do like traditional East Coast camps and a wet, hot American summer type camp. And so I worked at a camp called Deer Mountain Day Camp, which is in Pomona. And then that one was interesting because I lived in the city and I rode the bus in from Brooklyn every day to Pomona and then back with the kids. And that summer, I mean, it had its great parts. It had its parts I didn't like so much. But in the end, I decided that I was going to come running back to Camp Sacagawea, which is where I was last year and where I'll be again this year. Oh, that's fantastic. A couple questions I have before we move into your time at Camp Sac. So when you said JC, I just want to clarify for listeners, that's junior counselor, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And did you get paid as a junior counselor as well? That's a really great question. I was 16. <laughs> if I got money, it went right into my gas tank. I'm going to say no, I didn't get paid as a junior counselor because that feels like something I volunteered for. But I do know that as a counselor, I got paid. But, you know, it was breadcrumbs and water. It was not anything to write home about. And then you said that you had worked at a camp outside of Brooklyn. It's actually in a city called Pomona, which is, okay. Pomona is like t- 
two hours outside of the city and I would meet the kids at a bus stop in Brooklyn and then drive to Pomona with them on a school bus and back. Oh my goodness. Was that like a still a resident camp situation or was that day camp? It was a day camp situation. Nobody ever stayed the night, but it was also East Coast camp. You know, at um, SAC, they're like, this week is Harry Potter and ponies. It wasn't like that. It was like you sign up for the whole summer or for like three weeks or whatever. So I had kids that I had day one all the way to the end of the summer. Oh, wow. So that's a long bus drive every day then. (laughs) Yes. I never, ever fell asleep on the bus ever. Those would be against the rules, but I did a couple times wake up on the the bridge going into the city thinking, Oh, how we got this far. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I think that's very interesting because I've, frankly, just not spent a lot of time on the East Coast. And so I haven't really like seen how camps operate out there. I'm always intrigued to hear about it. It's different. Tell us the story behind your camp name. I would love to hear about it. Okay, well, first, I have to admit that I'm kind of one of those people where a story changes a little bit every time I tell it until it becomes lore. And then I'm just repeating the lore. The bare bones of how I got the name Larry, I was working in Gilbert, which is just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And this guy came into the store I was working at. And he had this belt. And it had this huge silver belt buckle and it was leather and it had these like carved flowers that were all intricate and on the back and this big ornate font, it said Larry. And I said, that is amazing. I love your belt. I complimented him and he took it off and gave it to me. And I was like, this is the weirdest experience. But obviously I had to keep that belt. That belt was like an omen or something. So I had it with me. And I went to Camp SAC, which is the first sac- the first camp that I had ever been to or worked at that had camp names. It was a completely new concept. But I didn't want to seem like I didn't know how to do camps, so I pretended that I knew what camp names were. And they said, what's your camp name? And I said, Larry. Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. <laughs> Now, do you still have like the belt buckle? I know for a fact that I still own the belt. I would never get rid of the Larry belt, but my parents have moved house since. So it's somewhere in a box in a basement of West Des Moines. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it exists. It's still out there. That's awesome. Yeah, People have seen it. It's real. (laughs) How many summers have you done then the back and forth between Pakistan and coming to camp in the United States? First time that I came to Pakistan was in 2020 actually it was at the tail end of 2020 and then I stayed until like January or something and then I came back and that was the summer that I worked at Deer Mountain Um, and then I went back to Pakistan and I came back and worked for SAC so I guess this will be my third summer. Wow that's awesome is everything with that going easy like I know it's hard to do like long distance when you're you know, married and in a relationship and stuff. But it sounds like your family is also in West Des Moines, too. So that makes it a little bit easier to like go and visit family and all that sort of thing. After Deer Mountain, I did have time to see my family, but it was like a week at the end of the summer. And then when I went back to SAC last year, I got like every weekend or whatever, someone would pick me up, I could go see my father or whatever. And so that turned out to be a lot better of a system. And that was part of the reason I wanted to come back. I mean, obviously not the whole reason. SAC is amazing in its own right, but it was a a big benefit. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, that's super, super, super cool. Well, what keeps you coming back to camp summer after summer and making the long trek to the United States to have this kind of experience? I mean, it's truly American. There's nothing here that I can do in Pakistan that's like camp in America. And I can't even explain it to people here. I'm like, 
oh yeah, we do, we do this thing. And they're like, that sounds really lame. And I'm like, no, no, you had to be there. It was awesome. Well, speaking of the camp magic, who were some people from camp that inspired you or that showed you the camp magic? And what did they do to do that? That's a good question. I think when you ask a lot of people this on the episodes that I've heard, they always mention people who were counselors when they were campers. And there are a couple that I could name, but honestly, the people that inspired me weren't until I became staff and I could see how much people were putting into this and how much it meant to these kids. I think I'm someone that like really, really wants to have traditions. We didn't have a lot of family traditions, but at camp, there's all these traditions. They happen every year. And I'm trying to think of someone specific. I know when I was at Deer Mountain, um, my immediate supervisor, her name was Jess. She was amazing. I don't think I ever saw her get upset once. And she had every reason to be, you know, screaming steam coming out of her ears. When I worked at SAC, it was, I don't even want to say it was any one person because it's just this like teamwork and community, but that's definitely facilitated by Fiki and Pip and the ULs. My first UL was Ace. Ace was really awesome. Ace was, again, never saw her get mad and she had every reason to be. Oh yeah, Ace was awesome. She was my first UL and we had Harry Potter camp. My next question for you is what is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? How to measure the gravity of things is a really good lesson I learned at camp. It comes up a lot in staff training. I don't know if this term has come up in your podcast at all, but the camp bubble exists. Um, And I like to describe that as you have granola bars and it's a long summer and someone takes your granola bar and you lose it and you're like, I'm going to pull all of your hair out of your head. That was my granola bar. And then you leave and you were like, that was not that big. That was a single granola bar. Like I needed to calm down. At camp, the more you go back, the more you realize that camper didn't bring a toothbrush. Okay, well, I'll just go get one. It's like not a huge deal. Absolutely. And no, I don't think we've talked about necessarily the camp bubble before. I want to make sure that I understand that correctly. Things kind of amplify a little bit more at camp. Is that what? Camp yeah, you is? like you come to camp and you live in this bubble, and everything is it could ever happen is happening right there at this camp, and there is no outside world. You know, there's no technology, there's no outside world. This is the world, so the small things become the big things. And yeah. stealing a granola bar is an, an atrocity. But then you go out to the real world and it's just like, wow, I needed to have some better perspective on that. And like now that I'm living in the real world and I'm not at camp, I can have better perspective about things. And I'm like, are you upset or are you in a bubble right now? It's ah. a granola bar. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Well, I would also like to hear some funny camp stories or the funniest camp story that you have at any of the camps that you've worked at? I love the stories. I have a lot of stories. I feel like the most infamous ones that I've told came from the church camp that I first started working at. This didn't actually happen to me. It happened to another counselor. It's one of those stories that I've told so many times it's become lore. That camp was co-ed. So Girl Scouts obviously is just female campers. Um, but this camp had boys and girls and we had third through fifth graders and it was like the way the cabin was structured was girls were on the left and boys were on the right, but there was a common area and there were only three cabins. So all the boys on the other side had done something. We didn't know what they did, but we knew that they did something. And then we took these kids on a hike through the woods and there was a sock on the side of the trail and all the boys just start losing it. They're giggling and like red in the face, crying, laughing. And we're like, what is going on? 
And anyway, we get one of them to eventually tell us that back in the cabin, they had decided to go number two in this sock, go out back, swing oh. it above their heads, and throw it as far as they could, and it landed on the trail. Oh my goodness. How do you even be mad at that? How do you even address that? You're just like, why? How? Why? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what it is about camp. Just why? I don't know. Ugh. My goodness. I took this from another camp podcast. I've been listening to Silver on the Sage, which is a podcast all about Philmont Scout Ranch. And uh, they asked this question and I'm like, oh, that would be perfect. So it's a fill in the blank. And it's when I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. That's really good. I don't know why my first response to this is at the first camp that I had, we had a camper who hadn't really packed the appropriate amount of and style of clothing for camp. And so by, you know, the middle of the week, he had no more pajamas. There was something where his clothing wasn't allowing him to get comfortable for sleep and he was trying to go to bed in soggy cargo shorts like he had been swimming or we did a water balloon fight or something and they were sopping wet and he was just trying to crawl into bed and I went into his side of the cabin and I loudly announced first name last name give me your soggy pants and all the boys are laughing and laughing and I was like I honestly I never thought I would have to say something like that to someone that's very similar to my experience too like never did I ever think that I would run into as much like experiences like that or kids that are struggling in the real world that bring that to your attention. Well, I know that you've already mentioned like where you're from and what you're kind of doing. Right now, I'm a full-time student. Um, In the past, I've worked at preschools. I worked at a Montessori center and stuff like that, just kind of jumping around childcare and retail. But right now I'm finishing up. To be honest, my main focus is turning assignments in on time and getting back to camp. Having to study? Mm -hmm. If nothing goes wrong, I should be done by December 1st. What are you hoping to do with um, your degree? First of all, I want to take a little bit of time to not be in school anymore and to enjoy that. I'm also fully certified to teach English as a foreign language, so try to maybe get back into online teaching or something that facilitates me being abroad. It'll likely be teaching English for now. The ideal situation would be that I could get back into a school system or a childcare system that follows the Montessori principles. I really enjoyed working in a Montessori center. I think a few years ago, it might have been painted a little bit more like crunchy granola, if that gives you um, an idea. But I think it's a little bit more accepted these days. It's basically the ideas of Dr. Maria Montessori, not hopping in to help them do stuff and letting them ask you for help. Toys are made of wood and not plastic, and they're working with natural materials. Their books are about types of fish and stuff rather than fantasy things until they're about six. It's a lot more treat the child like a small human adult and teach them about the world around them instead of treat the child like a little child who doesn't know anything. It's not to rag on how anybody else does anything, but it is amazing when you give the children the tools to do things independently and say, I'm here to facilitate you. Seeing just how much they can do on their own is is really cool. You know, I've only heard wonderful things about the Montessori system. So that's awesome that you would like to get back involved in that and everything. If you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? If I could bring anything from camp into my everyday life, I think it would be the ability to just randomly start singing and not that nobody gives you a funny look, but that they all 
join you. I feel like I'm in a place where I sing now and everyone's like, yep, that's just what she does. But at camp, they know all the words and they sing with you. Oh my gosh, yes. I fully agree to that statement. Now, are you a musician as well? Um, In my heart, not in my brain or my fingers. I cannot carry a tune or keep beat, but I love music. That's awesome. Do you like play any instruments or anything like that? I have a ukulele that looks like an alien that comes to camp with me every summer. And somewhere I have my high school clarinet. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, the ukulele is just so accessible for camp and the environment and everything. That's awesome. I love that you do that. And it's easy to accompany like camp songs just immediately when you have like a ukulele. So that's great. When I brought it to SAC, Kite had already a binder of a tab sheet music that went to songs from camp that I was able to use. And then I added a few more that ukulele has seen many, many rounds of country roads by John Denver. So oh my gosh, pretty easy. Yeah. That's awesome. Was kite there this last summer too? She came back just to do tree climbing, but she's got a little one on her hands now. So she wasn't able to be there full time. Yeah. Oh, I love kite. She's She's so knowledgeable and awesome. So I'm so glad you got to meet her and run into her. If you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I think that how I worked in the past was very, I'm taking this retail job because I need the paycheck. And when I got to camp, it was like, I'm doing this for the summer. Um, And I think I would go back to that person and tell them like, hey, you're going to really enjoy this and you're going to want to be here for a while and you're going to want to try different camps and like be in the moment don't be thinking like as soon as august comes that was it was nice but say la vie because that's not going to be true now you've shared that you are officially returning back to camp sacajulia this summer are you allowed to share what your position is going to be and what you're going to be doing so this year i will be the the unit director last year i was a unit leader and stitch was the unit director and so this year i'll be moving up to unit director Oh my goodness congratulations thank you part of the leadership team correct It is, and it's my first year on LT at any camp. What is your favorite camp song? My favorite camp song is Spider Webs. And that's actually because I know you didn't ask for a story, but when I went to Girl Scouts, I stayed at SAC for just like a troop camp in the middle of the year. And to me, it was like in this weird place in the woods that felt kind of fake. And I remembered this song. And then I came back to Saka's staff and I was like, wait, this is where I had troop camp. I remember this song. And so that song is special to me. Oh my goodness. I love that song so much. And I had been to SAC summers before I had spent my last stint there in 2021. I was like, oh yeah, I sort of kind of remember the song, but I didn't really learn it until my most recent time out there. Would you be willing to sing a little bit of the song for us? So for context, it's about a dream catcher, which is part of what I really love about it. But the chorus is, there's a web like a spider's web made of silk and light and shadow spun by the moon in my room at night. It's a web made to catch a dream, hold it tight till I awaken as if to tell me that dream is all right. Woohoo! That sounded awesome! You can definitely carry a tune. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I'll be waiting for my Tony. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love that song. And a really good one to accompany with like guitar and ukulele as well. Do you have the chords or the tabs for that? I do, but the thing is, 
that one to me is so beautiful and especially when it's at a campfire and it, everyone's singing that I don't want to bust in with my guitar you know if Rafiki wants to pull out her little acoustics then go for it but my ukulele is more meant for the the meme songs I think funnier songs the, oh you know. okay What's if I can favorite? find the tabs to mango perfect <laughs> oh my goodness well I was gonna say that one is more spoken than song, so you could probably do pretty much interpretive ukulele. Yeah, uh huh. Just probably your basic one and five seven chords would do there just fine. I'll work on that for you. I'll get <laughs> okay. back with you. What is your favorite song to play on the ukulele? Then my favorite song to play on the ukulele. It's not a whole song, but I did learn the riff to Banana Pancakes by Jack Johnson, and I really like doing that riff. And um, Budapest by George Ezra, the little licks in those ones, I think are really cool. But I can't play the whole Banana Pancakes, but I can play all of Budapest by George Ezra. So, Oh, that's awesome. I love Banana Pancakes, too. That's such a good song. What is your favorite camp meal? Oh, I heard you ask everyone this, and I emotionally prepared, and my favorite is dump cake. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, it's my favorite, too! Now, okay, clarification. Dump cake in the cafeteria or the dining hall, or dump cake over the campfire? Campfire always. Cookout's okay, the best cook. night. Okay, how do you make your dump cake? I want to know. <laughs> cake mix pie filling and sprite and i will argue with my campers about what flavor pie filling we're having and i am the adult so i get two votes oh okay what's your favorite pie filling at camp my favorite is cherry then peach then apple in that order oh yes 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 my favorite is cherry too however i must admit i developed a cherry allergy in my adulthood so no. <laughs> yeah it's not bad it's not like anaphylactic or anything I just get hivey so I mentally prepare if I ever have cherry anything I'm like okay I'm going to look like I have chicken pox for the next couple of hours and that's fine it'll be worth it <laughs> because it's dump cake oh my gosh I have so many great memories so many great memories with dump cake at my home camp it used to be just kind of like a a pack out tradition like if you wanted dump cake, you would order it on your pack out and you make it in Dutch oven and all that good stuff. But then we just loved it so much that it started being a frequent dessert at, um, at our camp, like during camp meals at the dining hall. So huh. I remember me and my um, camp friends one time, we were so obsessed with dump cake. We did this trip to go visit one of our camp staff members in Michigan and we came up with this saying that transferred onto camp. We would literally be like, it's like a call and response. The call would be, what time is it? And everybody would say, dump cake. So oh, you just I love that. that memory <laughs> for me. Thank you. I'm on the same page about dump cake and have like almost the same recipe. That's awesome. What is your favorite camp tradition? When I think about traditions at camp, I think a lot about the ones that happen among the staff. I think the first camp I worked at was really heavy in pranking and pranking was their tradition. And we went a little bit too far and they took it from us and then everyone was kind of lost. And then when I was at Deer Mountain, it was like this generational traditions. It's like, we've been doing this since 1967. And, and the campground is actually made out of a camp that was owned by the current owner's parents. Like it's got that kind of tradition. But when you come to SAC, the tradition is like, we're going to get a piece of paper and you trace your hand and then we pass it around the circle and everyone writes a nice thing about you in the hand. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like warm fuzzies. I personally call them a warm fuzzy, but now that you're asking me, I don't know if that... No, I think they just call them handprints. At the end of the, the year at SAC as staff, everyone makes their own staff page and like draws it out, and mine are always way too elaborate, and then they get put together, and there's this camp staff playlist and how to contact everyone, and it goes into this binder, and you slip your handprint in it, and you have this like little instant scrapbook. I've always attended Camp Sacagawea at the end of the session, so I've always seen people like working on their staff page and all of that good stuff but I have not ever done a full summer at Camp Sacagawea so I haven't ever contributed or done anything like that so I love that tradition that's wonderful who should I interview next on the podcast this was another question I knew was coming and I emotionally prepared for it and it's not that I don't love people from SAC or I definitely think that you should talk to Dumbo. But I wanted to also give you an option that was outside of the SAC family because I feel like that's a lot of what's going on right now, which is great. But Jessica from when I was at Deer Mountain Day Camp, I mean, she was truly an amazing person. She's a teacher outside of it and she's just funny and joyful in her own right. And I actually have already sent her a link to the podcast and was like, hey, long time no speak. I think you would like this podcast. So thank you so much yeah I can share that contact information but I think if if you could get a hold of Jess she would be really awesome absolutely isn't necessarily a community for people all over the world so that is the mission and that is the goal I'd like to say though it's nice it's good because like I've heard of Taffy I've heard of Marvel but these are the first times I've heard them speaking so it's variety still. It's good. Oh, it's good. good. Camp Sacagawea is definitely a hub. Like we've got a lot of people who have been doing the camp thing for a long time that come from there or have passed through. So it is good. But yeah, yeah. I have made camp into almost a career summer after summer. So that's the whole purpose of this. What do you miss the most from camp? The thing I miss the most about camp is I want to say it's a human buffet, but that sounds like a little bit vampire (laughs) eat. what I mean by that is like here in in my situation or like if I to work at Lowe's which is a hardware store like when you're working at Lowe's you're surrounded by people but you don't know everyone's special skill but like when I look at camp people I have someone who can help me fix my sewing machine someone who can send me the most ridiculous song I've ever heard someone who has specific knowledge about clowns you learn things about people and you get these skills out of people that you never would otherwise so I think outside of camp I miss getting to know the weird specifics about people there's not many other environments to where you can actually get to know the whole human of a person as you can at camp So thank you for sharing that. Where can people find you if they want to contact you or if they want to follow you? I'm on Instagram. I think I have a Facebook, but I haven't checked that in years. (laughs) My Instagram is kborr17, I think. And it's on private, but I'm on it like daily. I look at it every day. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure there's going to be people who will want to connect with you and everything. So thank you. Say before I let you go. Yeah, I did want to say one last thing and it's kind of stupid, but you were asking about these like share a memory win, share a funny story win. And I was thinking about Turtle and Dumbo a lot while I was talking to you. And I wanted to share there was one weekend where we had the CIT 
And I think it was the older horse girls were at camp and everyone else was gone. So it was just this group of kids and like five adults. And it was Turtle and Dumbo and myself and, and then international staff and some people. And we were goofing off in the cafeteria and we were just kind of eating the leftovers, which happened to be like an immense amount of bananas, like a ridiculous amount of bananas. And we put all of the peels on the table and one of the kids was teaching us how to split bananas, which is a different story. But I, somehow that turned into me taking all of the banana peels into two hands and making them look like pom-poms and doing a cheer for everyone. <laughs> and then I got <laughs> dared to bite the banana. And so I bit it and was like trying to act all cool. But it was actually one of the worst flavors I've ever had in my life was banana peel. And then we had to throw all the banana peels away. And it was like a whole event, me with these banana peels. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. <laughs> okay, but I got to know now, how do you split a banana? Okay, so we had this camper who was obsessed with splitting her banana because it made everyone so angry. It makes me angry to think about. You peel it. Not all the way. Just like peel the top. And then you take your finger and you push down in the center of the banana and it will split into three equal parts every time. And then she Whoa. would eat it part by part. I did not know that. That's very interesting. I, you know? And that's actual, that camper is going to be on staff this year. And I saw something on Instagram where they took banana peels and they dried it out to make like a leather and made friendship bracelets. And I was like, mm, catch me making these all summer for everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, mm. Grant and I haven't tried doing that, but that sounds um, like it might have a distinct smell to it, for sure. I'll put but, perfume on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, how many different camp songs do you know that are about bananas? That are about bananas? Yeah. I immediately want to say none, but I feel like because you're asking, there's definitely at least one. Oh my goodness. Okay. So there is bananas have no thumbs. You'll have to ask. Oh, turtle talks bananas have no thumbs. Okay, good. She would be so mad if I didn't remember. Bananas never smile. (laughs) That's such a good one. Do you know there's no bananas in the sky? Oh, yes. And you redact the words. Oh, I guess I do know banana songs. Because at our home camps, bananas were bananas. I mean, they were cell phones. They were walkie-talkies. They were mustaches we had banana songs there's even a banana phone song I mean (laughs) so I was like you're bringing up bananas it's like oh my gosh bananas are like the thing but we didn't make turn them into leather or anything like that so oh no turtle and Dumbo were very passionate about teaching their songs they were like we are learning peanut butter and jelly we are learning bananas and we're smile we're learning that taco bell one my favorite one that they taught me was the one where the dog's name is a bean oh where oh where has pinto oh yes that's right I'm getting ready to teach that one in my music class soon so that is such a good one I love that I love watching turtle do the coffee bean one it's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely well that is all that I have for you today thank you so 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 much for your time and for sharing your experiences yeah it was good to finally meet you yes Absolutely. I hope I get to meet you in person too. All right, Camp Kids. That was Larry. Make sure to give them a like or a follow and check out the link in the show notes. If you are enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. 
Next week, we have another interview with someone that I got to see grow up at camp because they went to some of my home camps growing up. So I got to see their transition from being from a camper to a counselor. All right, camp kids, that's all that I have for you now. But remember that this is good night and not goodbye. Goodbye.